Today, we talk white women, Kaepernick, imposter syndrome, gerrymandering, jail bay, Saudi Arabia, and more on today's Headlines with Headliners. See, we have a song that starts to show off. It's like the Chris Brown song. <laughs> we usually play it like right there, right? And and I've been changing it up every week. I've been changing it up because Kanisha and Nate haven't been here. And Kanisha, it's her favorite. I don't know why she likes this song so I don't much. know why either. I'm not as big a fan. And you know what? I think it actually has to do with the fact that she likes it so much that I've decided not to like it. That sounds like you. Yeah. Just, sounds- oh, are you getting joy out of this? Well, I fucking hate it. Exactly. It. If, if you're enjoying, <laughs> I don't like it when people enjoy stuff too much. Like, yo, relax. Like, if I'm in the car and there's a girl and she's like, oh my God, I love this song. I will be like, you need to get out of the car. You're done. You are, that is an automatically, automatic dismissal from my life. Uh, that seems heavy, man. That seems I don't heavy. even like it when babies get too excited to see me. You this is why saying? we get along because I'm never happy about anything. I just don't like. No, you're actually, uh, you're actually, a depressed person. <laughs> like I've decided <laughs> that one day I'm gonna come into the room and there's gonna be a box and it says this is your tape and I'm it's a- gonna be for me <laughs> and I'm gonna have to watch this tape about why. <laughs> The, the one reason why you decided it was just me. I'm a dark, happy soul. Don't you dare. Yeah. I think you enjoy, I think you enjoy being sad. I enjoy hating things. Um, I would be a part of the hater, player haters ball. I'll be right there in the shit, just uh, cracking the jokes. I just, it's fun. It's more fun to hate on things you know than to love things. I will say this. I like your new, like, Joelle's trying style thing you're doing. It's like really cute. I like the hair. <laughs> you know, I like the I like the thing. I like your mar- I makeup. Gotta, I got to get on the camera and do the things yeah. and look at my face. And then sometimes people send me gifts of myself. And I'm like, that's not fair or fun. Um, so, you know. Well, and the thing is, you're actually very beautiful without makeup. So it could go either way. I'm not a, like girls have to wear makeup. That would be ridiculous. However, it's better if you do. No. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. It's an enhancer. It's not just an enhancer. Look, I've come to the conclusion that women, they believe things with their spirit and their souls mm. and their, their hearts and their, their minds. So they listen. Mm. Right? And guys, we have to see things to believe them. We have to be able to touch them to know they're real. We have to know, like, it has to be right in front of us. For us to understand, which is why men lie and women wear makeup. You know, that's how it works. I, I will buy into this theory. It's I a theory. It's another Tehranism. Okay. And that's in case you don't know, I am Tehran. Like literally, I am Tehran all across social atmosphere. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Please find me. Please follow me. I will I will lead you to destiny. Follow me to destiny. And usually I'm the bathroom heartthrob, but today I'm uh, suited and booted. Do you need a Band-Aid? Why? Because uh, I'm so sharp, you just might get cut. No, Ow. stop it. Get Ow. out of here. Tehran will lead you to his shows. <laughs> That's where you'll go. You'll be, like, Tehran, be like, oh, hey, my show's on Tuesday. Just I'll say something off. profound. I'll say something profound and then say, make sure to come to my show. Yeah, no. It'll be like, traffic is awful, but you can still make it to my show <laughs> on Monday. That's DM true. me for tickets. True. <laughs> true. I have a show every Monday and Thursday, 10 p.m. at the Laugh Factory. Shameless plug. <laughs> Please continue and introduce yourself. I love it. I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. I actually really enjoy your Black Girl Nerds. You're a writer. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, not just that you write things. You are a writer. Like, you are a good writer. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I don't agree with like 90% of stuff you ever say. Most people don't. But no, I just don't agree with you. Like, I might agree with the words that you've used and the opinions that you give. I just don't agree with you. I understand. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's the hate. I actually read everything you write. That's too much. Don't do that. I do. I actually read and look at everything you write and do. That okay, a story. that's a lot. Uh, you guys could go to blackgirlnerds.com and you check do my do review a lot. for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is out now. And you did like a, you went to a panel with them or something? Yeah, the press junket here in LA. So if you go to my Instagram, which is at Joel underscore Monique, uh, you can see all the pictures from the junket. It was fun. Chris Pratt is hot. He's Chris a hot Pratt. white boy. Chris Pratt is hot. And, and here's the thing about Chris Pratt that I really liked. Remember the time Jennifer Lawrence was <laughs> just... Destroying the Hawaiian culture. Yeah, with her butt. And Chris Pratt tried to physically and socially distance himself from her as much as possible without being rude. Yeah. 
I just like kept cutting he was... her out of photos. And then she made a joke. She's like, ha ha, like, Chris is, is being hilarious and he's keeping me out of photos. Like, I'm in on the joke. And I feel like Chris Pratt was like, yeah, but in 20 years when people are searching through my endless timeline and they don't see you, I'll be rewarded. And the thing is, I appreciate that he felt so uncomfortable when she was saying it. He didn't stop it. He didn't stop it because that would have been unprofessional and yes. he didn't know the backlash of it. But he did so with his demeanor. Like, <sighs> so she know what she's saying. Can Many she stop of the Chris's this? are people of the people. Like Chris Pratt, uh, not Hem. Like maybe Chris, Chris Walk, Christopher Walken, Chris, Chris Brown. Who's <laughs> no, you know, no? Why is he not uh, a people of the people? Uh, the you know how many times you've been in an argument with your girl and you just wish you could hit her? Well, Chris did so for all of America. <laughs> Yo, he will never live that down. I found you funny before this, and now I just don't even like you. I'm so sorry. That's what headlines with headliners is all about. We make comedy out of tragedy. Story number one: the happiest time of NFL player Kerry Rhodes' life became the most (laughs) talked about time of his life as well. As a picture of Rhodes, if we can pop that up on the screen, his wedding to Australian actress Nikki Whelan, who's actually extremely attractive and very talented, went viral. The photo depicts former Jets and Arizona uh, Arizona Rhodes and his NFL buddies attending the wedding with their all-white roster of girlfriends and wives. <laughs> so while there was uh, there was an intensive intensive presence of black males, there was a noticeable absence of black women at this wedding. Black Twitter wants a foul call and a whistle blown and a five-yard penalty on this one. That's hilarious because I did not see this at all. This is the wedding. Have you, you've never seen, you haven't seen this? No, this story is new to me and I live on Twitter, so I find this hilarious. Kerry Rhodes is an NFL player. He's actually inducted into the Kentucky Hall of Fame for the, for football. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a guy who had a, a pretty decent career. He went pretty high in the drafts. And even though he didn't have like an illustrious Career, definitely NFL player. Well, then you made money. You right? made, he made money, made money, did well. He's one of those stand-up guys. And he married a, a woman, Nikki Whelan, who's an Australian actress. Legit. Fine. I understand. Mm-hmm. Love comes in all shapes, colors, sizes, sure does. sexual orientations, whatever you want it to be. Right? However, I do find it very interesting that in this wedding, mm. where he has a bunch of friends, they <laughs> all are married or dating white women. Now... I have no specific problems. That's not true. I do <laughs> not specifically like when black men date white women. I do not. Period On the flip side, at all? Not period, for the most part. On the flip side, I love when black women date white men. I also love it. And okay, so I have several comments about this. One niggas And I I'm going to exp- I'm going to explain that a little further later so it's not just like <laughs> Teron's a blanket bigot. There's a reason. There's a reasoning behind it. Well, okay, Snickers was really pissed on the internet because Serena has a white baby daddy and they're like, but Serena has mostly dated like black dudes. Yeah, he she's she's dated Drake, she dated Common. I mean, like she's she's, she's she, dated Common emo black dudes, but yes, hey. Yes. Yes. But when a billionaire knocks at your door and there is an attraction, you just follow that through. See, like you did just you see notice that how as a the gold digger conclusion. said billionaire first. You know what? There's nothing wrong with wanting to be financially comfortable and I'm, if that person very is also a good person. I'm very disappointed in you. I started with if there's an attraction. If you guys oh, are so if you guys are having a connection and it's working and he also is a billionaire, like screw everybody else. Actually, I'm that's the paid. point I'm disappointed in. The fact that you even used the word attraction. Billionaire was enough, if you no understand. Way. Billionaire was enough. Like if Oprah came knocking on my door, <laughs> yo, I'd be like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. <laughs> like I will do whatever. Oprah, but Oprah wouldn't treat you good. Oprah had no time for you. Oprah, like, I feel like this guy yeah, is like... Yeah, don't treat me good. In fact, I'd be like, damn, Oprah, you don't have time for me today? I'm just going to take the rolls out to Rodeo. <laughs> You're such a bro. Because, <laughs> like, as a lady, you would feel, like, not just financially supported, but emotionally supported, sure, you know? Sure, sure. Like, and so, I, they're, like, in love. He's, like, grabbing on her ass and pop. Like, she, they are in it. And Serena and her really, boyfriend, I, uh, people are really upset about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and they are because he's white. And I have no problems with that. And I actually have no problems if the black man dates a white woman and falls in love and marries a white woman. What I do have a problem with is a group of black men black men who condemn black women at mm. any given chance that they get, not remembering that their mothers are black women and mm. their sisters are black women, and they talk badly about black women mm. and then go, I only date white women. That bothers me. Preach that it. bothers me a lot. Because you are... You are part of the problem. You're degrading our own community. And here, I have no problems if a man who happens to be black meets and falls in love with a woman or man or whatever your choice of uh, sexuality is 
who happens to be white or vice versa. Good for you. It's when it becomes your defining factor and characteristic. I do not like when that. you start treating I this not person like this. not less as a person and more as a trophy, more as an accomplishment. Oh, oh I'm I with a white, white girl women. now. Oh, if I'm with white women, it's even better. Oh, I'm I'm up. better because it's she's white. We saw this last what? week with you're that. better if you can handle. And, and respect a black woman. That's when I'll respect you. We saw it last week with the guy who was like, oh, Lupita Nangalo is just like, she's cute. she's cute with the lights off, I believe, was his exact quote, some NBA player. And if that statement can be infuriating enough, but then when you look at his daughters, and like his dark-skinned daughters, you're like, what the hell he are you Lupita doing? He said Lupita Nyong'o is cute with the lights off? Yes. Well, she might be right, because I will hit that in the lights off. Yo, <laughs> like, I will turn the lights, lights on. Lights on, lights off. Yo, I will do Listen, Lupita Nyong'o can get that. Listen, I don't, wanna, I don't know if this is misogynistic, <laughs> But she can get that, like, is that? <laughs> no, as a bisexual lady, I'm like, what What do you need, Lupita? Like, whatever it is, I'll bow down at you. Lupita like, she... can get that, yo. <sighs> at least on, I don't, I haven't seen her on person. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a thickness factor that gets lost in person mm. that happens on camera where you'll see someone on camera and then you'll see them off camera and you'll be like, oh, you're not as thick or as curvy as I would like. And it's interesting to me because I do, it's not like a curvy woman. I like a put-together woman. A yeah, girl I feel who you. handles herself. And Lapita's so classy and she's beautiful. Whenever I think about the girls who like to date, I always think of that song, Independent. Oh, man. Miss Independent. That song. Not the Kelly Clarkson oh, version. Oh, the one with Neo. Yes. I, I like the one cool. with Fab, the remix with Fab. See, oh, I'm a remix, Fab, well. yes, remix. I feel that. That's the kind of person I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Jodeci person over a boy to men. Do you understand? The best I song so ever made was Jodeci and Wu-Tang came up with a song called Freaking You. Oh and I feel God. like Freaking You is a thing. But in, in, in relevance to this discussion, mm. I'll explain why it's a thing to me. It's a thing to me because of the disrespect. Now, if all of these men happened to fall in love with white it women, seems like a lot. but statistically, that's just not, and especially when black men become affluent. Mm -hmm. You know who hurt me the most? Who? Charles Barkley. Because Charles Barkley oh, is Charles. so down and gangster and, and like, Nitty gritty when he when he when he was coming up when he was a basketball when he was player. hitting it hard in the face. oh my god when he was a basketball player I'm not a role model I'm not a role model he's beating people and then what did he do he married a white woman first chance and now I have no problems once again I don't want to judge mm. I don't know personal intimacies of people's relationships my problem is why does it feel like a lot of affluent black men are Marrying outside their race. Right now, we have Jesse Williams. I was just going to ask. Oh, Jesse God. Williams getting a divorce with his very woke looking. I don't know if she's woke in she's life. A she's realtor. a realtor. They've been together forever. She held it down when he didn't have nothing. They're getting a divorce. And then he's dating Minka Killer, by, who, by the way, is bad. Okay? Like, we're but not going to sit here and lie. But, oh, my God. It's... As much as Charles hurt you, I was so hurt by Jesse. Not because, again, if you... But at least he tried. At least he gave... He, did, he doesn't talk bad about black women. My thing is... But you didn't divorce your girl about. before you got with her. Like, Jesse, yeah, for so but... long, like, was supporting and uplifting black sure. women, and it was beautiful. Sure. And then you totally disrespected your wife by dragging her through the street. Like, she's not famous. Like, she's a realtor. Like, they have this normal-ass life, and now you've drug her through all of Why? this. Why? What did he say to, about her? He didn't say nothing He didn't say anything about bad about her, That's but now he's, but now the tab because you cheated, there are now tabloids after Allegedly her. Allegedly cheated. Now pictures. We don't know yet. It's still a rumor. But if it happened... It's frustrating. But it's not. See, here's another thing I understand. And this is what I tell my boys. If you think you love your girl, this is what you need to do. If I gave you $100 million, would you still be dating your girl? And if the answer is no, then you don't really love That's your girl. That's a good test. Because it's $100 million. Because look, you're talking about Jesse pre-success. And I understand the holding it down factor. And she will always be my day one in my heart. But if I have a chance, like Kanye all over if again. I have a chance to Minka Kelly, you know, what I'm, I'm just saying like, I'm, when I feel you, you. If, I, if, if I'm I, like right now, right now, I eat McDonald's like once a day. I love McDonald's. I love it. But if I had a hundred million dollars, mm, I might have a personal chef. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Like I, I do. wouldn't, and my personal chef would not be making me McDonald's. No, no, no. Maybe I'll go get some McDonald's every now and all then. All those like truffle chicken nuggets sound dope. Though. That's what I'm saying. But that, I mean, I just, I understand I just don't understand when there are a group of men that degrade black women. That I cannot tolerate. Black women are some of the most intelligent, beautiful women on this planet. Strong, who at to their best have kept an entire community together, regardless of the strife, 
and grief that have been placed upon their back. I don't know any other group of women that have had the same pressures of family, mm -hmm. absence of fathers, and still were able to raise generations of men. And still I rise, and yes. still I rise. Wow, that's mm -hmm. a great reference. But and, and have still been able to persevere. I don't know another group of women as strong. Now, I'm not saying that other women are not strong. No, who I would just say that? I just don't, I haven't seen them be tested the same way. Mm. I have not. I've seen com communities as a whole be tested mm. in this way. The Jewish community was tested very much so throughout time, especially after Holocaust. Uh, we had Holocaust Remembrance Day just yesterday, right? But as, a, as just a gender within a gender within a race, I don't think anyone has had to test, uh, withstand the test of, of strength and time mm -hmm. as a black woman. The internet did us a solid this week. Somewhere in the rumor mill of Twitter, uh, fans started pitching this idea that Lapita and um, Rihanna should do a movie together. Like, it'll be a spy thriller. People are tweeting and adding on and tweeting and adding on. And black women in all their glory said, we can make this happen. Ava DuVernay hopped up and was like, I'll make this movie. And now there's a chance we are going to get like a cool detective, like fast car driving Rihanna Lapita as the stars directed by Ava DuVernay film. That's amazing because that's exactly the kind of foursome I would love to be in. That's <laughs> me, Ava, Rihanna, Lupita. Yes. Work, 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 work. I'll be, yo, I'll be putting in work, 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 work. It, it would be beautiful for everybody, but mostly I'm just looking forward to that movie. Ella, Ella, yo, listen. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What were you talking about? I'm so sorry. Strong black women making things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong black women, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Rihanna Lupita, okay? Ava and Teron. Sounds like a winning movie to me. For you. Understand? you. Yeah. In Diana Jones, we can do this. <laughs> and the Temple of Poon. I'm telling you right now, Ava, call your boy. Call, call at your boy. That's so all I'm wrong. saying. Exactly. Hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But yes, this picture did go viral. <laughs> this picture did go viral. They're telling me to reel it in. The picture did go viral. And last words on this? Um. I mean, I feel like I didn't come across it because I follow a lot of like super intelligent journalists, directors, producers. Uh, yeah, in college, uh, but he's mostly Italian, so I don't know. So uh, have you have you done that <laughs> where you kind of don't count the person as yes, white if they're I like do. a little bit ethnic? Like, oh yeah, but you know, she's one fourteenth <laughs> Cherokee. Yeah, it's totally fine Where's though, the, bro. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's interesting <laughs> because there's still you still get looks. Both your parents are black. Yes. See, and because you look very mixed. Yeah. Both, and people would probably assume you're mixed all the time. They asked my mother if she's like, uh, if my dad is her brother. And we're like, no, they don't look alike. What are you talking about? Well, I, I'm mixed. Mm. And even as a mixed person, it's hard for me. I, I feel like you still get looks. Like I, and, and the thing is, I've never dated a white person. But I would feel like I, I see when people come in. And there are places like you just don't feel comfortable bringing a person of a different race. And it mm. sucks because it's 2017 and we still have to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And segregation isn't on the books, but it's still alive in cafeterias all across America where the black kids sit with the black kids and the white kids sit with the white kids. And it just, it's just sucks that this is even a conversation where we have to continuously talk about the color of our skin rather than the content of our character because we can't get past the color of our skin. Like, it shouldn't matter if someone's marrying anyone they want. And in fact... These kids that they're having and producing, these beautiful kids, not beautiful because they're light-skinned, but just beautiful because they're children, are possibly the, the solution to racism in our, in our world. It's just everyone mixing as one. Yes. And yet, at the same time, we're looking at their parents like, and we look at them like, ah, and, and I'm looking at Lapita, Rihanna, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> All I'm saying is, we just have to do better. Mm. We have to do better. Let's not be bitter. Let's be better. Anyway, story number two. More NFL news. Time Magazine uh, has honored Colin Kaepernick as one of the 100 most influential yeah, people did. in the world. They did. And Kaepernick, uh, who's landed on the cover in 2016, I don't know mm. if you remember. I do. And is known for his awareness of Black Lives Matter at the time, refusing to stand for the national anthem. The problem is 
The backlash is currently sourced as the root of Kaepernick's current unemployment. Mm -hmm. So is it the proper time for a magazine like this to do this? Of course. Of course. Time is, it's, it's like a, it's a literal fingerprint of history. Yes. And to say that he has been hugely influential. And, and I feel like a lot of people have started to reconsider whether they want to stand or do the pledge. Um, I feel like he's made waves. It, it's a constant converse, topic of conversation. Sure. And, you know, it sucks that he can't succeed in football, but the man's got a life in the non-for-profit sector, which won't make as much money as football. But if you invest wisely, you'll be fine. Well, here's the problem I have with it is it's bad timing. It's bad timing because he's been looking for a job and stuff about this is what's preventing him from getting a job. So you think that because he's put in here, this will make it more difficult for him. To it's get already a job. difficult and it's going to be more difficult because it just never goes away. Right. But here's what I I have a problem with. I don't have a problem with NFL. Basically, in a way, banning Kaepernick. Blacklisting him? For I sure. do not. Okay. I don't have a problem with that. It is their prerogative. What I have a problem with is us as a community not banning the NFL. Meaning, mm. let's put our money and our dollars where our mouths are, and let's say Black Lives Do Matter, and let's not watch the NFL this upcoming well, honestly, season. You know there's nothing to do in like the middle of America. Like As a person who sure. comes from the middle of America, there's nothing to do. Sure. So on Sundays, we watch football. I understand that. I don't think people are going to do it. Like, we didn't do it when they were beating their wives. We didn't do it when we found out the game is literally killing people in no, horrible ways. No, 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 no. Ways. But here's the difference. When they were beating their wives, that was still individual play. So it's not like the NFL was like, let's all beat our wives. That's not what's happening. A right now, the NFL is saying, though. we don't want to see anything political within the realm of football. Mm. So here's the thing. A four-game suspension is still some type of punishment. And at the same time, it's a direct one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. They also increased awareness. They started providing counseling. They started, they started the like abusive women shelter programs. Yeah, they were they were trying. With this, they're trying to sweep it under the rug. Which I'm not saying the way they handled women's abuse is right. At least it was something. If these players were getting banned from playing, I would understand that they committed a crime. Okay? okay, they were punished. They committed a crime. They paid for their crimes in a lot of ways. Maybe they should have paid more. Maybe should have paid less. But justice, in its own form, was served. In this manner, and what happened with Kaepernick is this man stood up for something he believed in, something that's not. He did nothing illegal. He did nothing wrong. And that ban by the NFL, they've banned him. Mm -hmm. They have banned him. They have said nothing. They're like basically, hey guys, let's not pick him up because mm -hmm. he's clearly a better quarterback than a lot of other quarterbacks who've been getting picked up. And I'm not specifically a Kaepernick fan. I'm not. Yeah, it's hard to, I, I'm not 100% sure how well he plays football. Uh, Does he play better than, I would say, 30% of the quarterbacks that got picked up and selected in contracts this, this year? He certainly I don't know, been better than Stephen A. Smith thinks so, so I agree with that guy. <laughs> you know? So my whole thing is, my whole thing is, because I'm not going to sit there and be like, yo, he's better than Kershaw and, and Mickelson, and I don't know these names. Yeah. I don't know people's names, you know? I, I know, like, three quarterbacks. Tom Brady, two Mannings. <laughs> okay, you got there. You tried it. And Montana. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I just specifically, after RG3 broke my heart, I'm not really, I don't, I, I just... <laughs> It's not my, my thing is, my thing is this. When you say there's nothing to do in middle America, mm. especially on Sundays, mm. guess what? Libraries. Let's read. Maybe we should start a community. We start a community conversation in which we realize our own self-worth as a community. We realize that our dollar is a vote. That we realize we have more to contribute than just tap dancing and music and rap songs and throwing a football. Preacher, this is such a lovely message, but I feel like you got to know the people in the heartland. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. But you you're know, calling them to action, so you should know who No, I'm calling call everyone to action. If we want to take action, if we are upset about this, then let's put our money where our mouths are. That's all I'm saying. I understand completely, but I feel like there are perhaps stronger ways to <laughs> middle America is not going to the library for fun. Like no one reads anymore. Then it's we should awful. start, we should start a movement the same way we started a lot of other movements. Here's the thing. The black community before used to stay together. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is even before, before even the after schools became desegregated, 
black communities were even if you were rich, you had to at least still live in the black community. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just be rich and then move out. Yeah, but that was you not by be. choice. I understand that. And and what I'm saying is, in those situations, the call to actions for everything was much stronger because everyone mm-hmm. stayed in the same place. And so educated black people were in the same place as uneducated black people and had a conversation and were at least attempting to educate others. Now, we don't do that. We tweet a 140 character message and hope it gets retweeted. But guess who's retweeting it the most? Other people who are just like us. The people who aren't like us are not paying attention to the things we say. So, and vice versa. We need outreach programs. We need more leaders. We need more community building. We need more fundamental principles that we share and core values that we talk about. We can't just assume everything's going to correct itself and someone else is going to do for us Mm. instead of us doing for ourselves. So when we see that we have a a person who stood up for us, then it's time for us to stand up for him. Okay. Drop Mike bars. I love Colin Kaepernick. I hope he lands on his feet. I wouldn't mind seeing him at a news outlet. Like, I can't control if you ever play football again, man. Like... It may suck, but I don't. We cannot. Sure, we can. I don't think we. You we think can. if we hold our dollars from stop, NFL, they they'll would, be like, sure. We'll it's be, all about money. Let's not forget I, something. It's a sport. Is football a sport? It's no, more than a sport. It's an entertainment. It's more it's than about entertainment. Ratings. It's, it's a, about ratings. They only care about ratings. That is what they care about. That is I agree why with you people get. get but, but I'm saying, like, look, I'm saying contracts. Saying, some people get contracts, but you have to understand the people. Okay, the people you're asking to boycott. Football, don't view it as entertainment. It's literally a way of life. Sure. From from college ball to professional, the way they rep their Do you colors. really like your life right now? If the answer is no, then maybe we should change that way of life. Look, maybe, listener, you are uh, ready to, to incite change. I think the mass majority of people will not. And I honestly feel like unless Colin Kaepernick can start... Like I feel like our, the better way almost would be to, reach out, to reach out to other black like uh, coaches... Because there are no black and black there's coaches. One, there's, I think. Let's what? call the one guy. Hold on, I think I exactly. have his number on speed dial. And if you can't get how him, many I think o- black owners are there? How many black NFL owners are there? I don't think there are any. Oh, none. Okay, so let's reach out to no one. Here's the thing. You see that guy? You see that mm-hmm. fist? Yeah. You know, see that fist in there? Sexy. That fist is for us. And here's the thing about that. You see that hair? He didn't have that the day before he kneeled. And then the day after, <laughs> poof, out of nowhere, he got an entire fro. That freedom okay? fro. Fro. A freedom fro came out of nowhere. We don't know where it came from. He literally had a fade the day before he kneeled for National Anthem. <laughs> All I'm saying is, let's stand up for... We need to stand up for one another. We need... When does enough become enough? We're always complaining. I I hear this all the time. And I'll tell you what I mean by this. I'll tell you because it's more than this. And this is just indicative of a larger problem. I see this all the time. I see this within myself the most. Is I sit there and I listen to all this Rick Ross music and selling drugs off my iPhone and and, and raping and killing and whatever else, you know. And, and it's like, yeah, y'all, y'all, 21, 21. And then next thing I know, I get pulled over. I'm like, why am I getting pulled over? Because maybe someone believed me. Maybe someone oh, believed bullshit. what I'm saying. Oh, no. But it's true. Don't join in with I'm, respectability no, politics. It's I can't not about do it. respectability. It's about accountability. I need to be accountable for my own actions. I can't. Uh, so many people want to change the world. Song, so you... few people want to change themselves. It's not about listening to the song. It's about creating who we are as a people. As a people, I'm going to take responsibility because I'm going to be, and as a minority in this country, as a minority in this country, I'm going to be as educated as I possibly can. Bullshit. And I'm going to find a opportunity as much as I can. <sighs> Turhan. You look, say BS, but it's true. Look, no. It's really awesome if you want to be the most educated person. It's sure. Awesome we should all. Be... We should all. That's what I'm no, saying. No, you have Let's no obligation all. to be smart just of for the sake do. of, no, especially not for the sake of, of bettering your race, especially not for being the, the like, I, I want to be smart because I want to be smart. Like, I want to know things because I am curi- curious about them. Like, I have a deep curiosity. I want to read. I want to learn. I want to know. But I'm not going to put that expectation on anyone else, especially black people. Like, do whatever Maybe you want. Maybe we should. Why? Why? Because, as a, because we complain about things as a race. So if that's how we do, then we need to move forward together as a race. We sit there and complain all the time about things that are happening to us as a race. So if that's the case, then we need to overcome them together as a race, the same way Martin Luther King did, same way Malcolm X Martin did. Martin Luther King didn't. Martin, Martin Luther King made really great strides. He was an exquisite speaker and an amazing, like, had an amazing vision for the future. But even before he went, when he got to Chicago, one of his last stops before he was shot in Florida, like, or, I'm sorry, D.C., there's this whole attitude of, of 
you know, this is the most segregated city I've ever been to. And yet Chicago is often held up or was as one of the most like diverse cities. They're like, oh, there's so many people live here and it's great. But we had self-segregated into individual neighborhoods. Sure. I don't think that these problems can be solved in our lifetime. And I Because think we've the- chosen not to. No, man. People who's leading think- us right now? Little Uzi Vert? Little Uzi Vert is no Martin Luther King. Like, who's leading us right now? Uh, D-Ray. D-Ray. Netta. These are amazing human beings D-Ray. actively on the lines of Black Lives sure. Matter. And the, mo- the average Running person doesn't know them. positions of government. And they don't know them. They need to. They need to. Look, if you're interested and you're curious and you want to learn, all that information is out there. Sure. But you are not obligated and it doesn't make you a bad black person and it doesn't make you Yes, it does. Not, no. Everyone complains across the board. You don't have to be involved. Like, it is heavy to constantly have to look at these facts and numbers and be confronted with the fact that, sure. that no matter what you do, you will always be seen or treated as less than. And then we shall become more than. But we and are that way, already the same. It will like, not you matter. We can create our own destinies that's what i'm saying as a group as a community together it's a beautiful vision and i would love to believe it's not just a vision it's a reality if we make that decision let me explain it's like a candle you take one candle and you light it right it's ignited it's lit now you can light another candle with the first candle when you do so the flame from the first candle does not lose its integrity it does not lose its power it does not lose the flame now you have two candles with two candles you can light and make four four makes eight eight makes 16 16 32 next thing you know an entire nation is on fire but you can't control it you know you can't control it and each individual will want to do with their light something different something unique or at least and which is why we find community programs which we focus it in the right direction and there are other communities that do this this is why listen i'm gonna tell you why i feel this way Mm -hmm. because i'm a part of several communities Mm -hmm. not just one and i see how each individual community works differently Mm -hmm. i see how a persian can come from another country where the language isn't even the same nothing is the same and come here and become a successful business person and while everyone thinks oh persian are so rich yeah but they came here with nothing mm-hmm. so how did that happen it's because they came here as a community they worked together as a community and they came here with this understanding that i once was so now i can be again but you also have to look at who they're like which persians are being brought into the american community. sure it's it's i understand that com- completely in the beginning but that didn't last it became a different in the 90s it was a different sure in the beginning it was a brain drain but mm-hmm. by the 90s it was just refugees so what's happening is these brain drain people are mm-hmm. lifting up yeah. the refugees because they started we can do that in the black community we have oprah oprah has a billion <laughs> dollars oprah has a billion dollars we have jay-z and beyonce worth a billion dollars we have bob johnson another billion dollars we have michael jordan another billion dollars right now i just put together four billion dollars now it's it's not nice to be like oh guys but we can do this if Mm -hmm. all of us collaborate and work together we can honestly do this it's not just a bill we can be the solution to every problem we have in our generation we can Honestly, maybe we everything. could, maybe we could, but I don't know if it's fair to compare the black community, specifically the black community here in America, to any other race nationality that's sure. here in America, because the odds have been so stacked against You're us. Absolutely, you can't correct. even choose like these new, very creative uh, white people names that they're coming up with. Get, still get as many callbacks as like an Ashley or an Amy because sure. they are spelled in such a way that it's cl- clearly indicated. Like, you know who has oh, that well, they're too? Caucasian. Akbar. So you know what Akbar did? Yeah. Open his own business. Here's the understanding. Another community, but can Akbar the get a loan community. better than, than most black people? When That's we're because often... Akbar has a machbach, and machbach sits there and <laughs> explains to him and shows him. In the black community, we don't have it. This is the this is the message. I have a song that I like. It's like. Spend your check and get it right back. Mm. That, that's the financial advice that I'm getting from it's the song. It's the first of the month. Yes. Come on. I know. I feel it. That's not the same song. But it's a different song, thing. but it's here's the, the same sentiment. Here's, here's the thing. Okay. Well, we're, we're not even sure at this point if Joelle's still black. Here's the thing we're going to talk. We're going to discuss this. But harmony makes me not black. Why? No, no, no. The way you sang that made oh you not. God. It's the first of the month. <laughs> that's just not going to cut it. I do sing like it. a white girl. I'll that's take it. That's not going to cut it. It happens. But what I'm saying is this is that honestly, as a community, we can do better. We honestly can. Instead of the, instead of the stereotype being that, being that little Yachty's black, the stereotype should be that Thurgood Marshall's black. That's, that's who black people, that's who we should revere. When more kids want to be Chief Keefe than President Obama, I think there's a problem, and we need to fix it. Yeah, but who, 
I just have a really difficult time putting that on black people to be like pick better idols. Like black people have a ton of idols, sure, but we don't get to decide which ones succeed in white culture. And the white culture tells us, oh, well, this is how we see you, so this must be who you are. I'm not worried about white culture. I'm saying within the own black culture, we do this to ourselves. I mm. I know kids that don't speak as articulately as they do in front of their black friends because they don't want to get made fun of. So instead of instead of respecting mm. people who speak English articulately, sit there like, man, you sound white, yo. Mm -hmm. Whoa, why do I need a black voice and a white voice? Why can't I just have my voice? That's Code what, switching is a way of survival, though. If you And it doesn't need to be, especially within the black community. When we sit there and judge people with dark skin and light skin, when a cop pulls us over, all he sees is a nigger. We need to be aware of that. Okay, yes, but there is such a thing as light skin privilege. Sure, yeah, I know. I use it every day. Yeah, I know. But so what I'm saying is, like, sometimes I'll just lick my lips. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, we need, but we need <laughs> to be aware of it. Like, we need to come together as a community, honestly. Honestly, we do. I like the idea of coming together as a community. It's beautiful. Uh, definitely don't make fun of your friends who speak white because that's annoying. <laughs> your boy <laughs> just texted me, actually. Which uh, one? Your boy that you're interviewing this Friday. Oh, W.K. Mabel? Yes. Hey! And... And I can't wait because the Sunday, April 30th, 10 p.m. Oh, yes. United Shades of America is coming back yep. Sunday. It looks so good, too. Thank you, WK. Coming back this Sunday, April 30th, 10 p.m. on CNN, United Shades of America. And here's the thing I like about him is that he loves talking about, just like headlines, he loves talking about uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, it does. And it could be anything. Gun patrol, uh, uh, gun control, integration, sex. Any but he talks about it from a very amazing, unique perspective. Mm. And so 10, 10 o'clock Eastern time, this Sunday, the 30th, April 30th, CNN. Make sure you're all tuning in to I United States of America. I believe he's starting with a white supremacist too. And if you guys have seen the trailer, if you haven't seen the trailer, you definitely want to go look it up because you can see the veins in Cam's neck like just popping. His jaw is, is clenching because this guy's like, I just want to bathe in white superiority. Like, I just, I love... Why he's like in a woman's place is at home, and W is just in there like I don't I'm know not if I disagree snap. with that so much. Okay, as much as don't I make me come across this table. It's <laughs> so full of shit. Hell no. Check it out. It, it looks really good. United it Shades would of really America. bother me if WK dated a white woman. I would just be bothered a little. I would Doesn't be a he little, though? I, I don't know. I don't I know. If he does. I think he's I don't married. Know if he does. I'm not I know, sure. I know Jordan. I know uh, Key and Peel do. Yeah, they're mixed. Yeah, but the way they do it. I respect the way they do it. I respect they do it. If you could date a white woman and come out with Get Out at the same... He's married. I'm sorry. He's married and married. she is pregnant. Yes. Uh, and that, and to me, they seem like they're in love. Like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And she was like, no, it's great. So I guess WK's married to a white he woman. He is married to a white woman, but he's still woke. So, you know, I'm not mad about it. Uh, well, you better have a kid. Your kid better not have straight hair, bro. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Story number three. Imposter phenomenon uh, is the condition, I don't know, I actually have just been recently reading about this before the story hit, is the condition of feeling like a fraud because of an inability to internalize success and feeling of incompetence. The phenomenon was first observed in 1978, a study mm -hmm. of highly accomplished women who felt like frauds in the workplace despite their accomplishments. Almost 40 years later, it's still relevant and prevalent, but this time, a new study found that imposter syndrome is prevalent in the minority students, as is often a factor in the relationship between discrimination, depression, and anxiety. Now, you were a minority student at a big law school. Yes. Did you feel, but you also don't feel like the kind of person who could experience imposter syndrome, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I, I actually, I never felt it in school. Mm. I never felt it in my life. I feel it in entertainment at times. Mm. And it's not because I'm a minority, but it's interesting because the more the reason I was reading about this is because of feelings that I had been having that I had never had before. And as a as a man, we don't really learn to deal with our feelings that well. Yeah. Overall. And what was happening was I was getting success in my professional life. And often I felt like I didn't deserve it in a way. And when I say mm -hmm. I mean I didn't deserve it, I often found myself thinking someone else is qualified, yeah. more qualified, better at it. Because you're surrounded by such talented people in Hollywood. Like even when I'm on the show and Nate Jackson's on the show, mm -hmm. Nate's a very talented person. Or Kanisha's on the show. Kanisha's a very talented person. When you're on the show, I feel fine. But when <laughs> No, but even Thanks. yourself... I feel like there are times that you're better apt at discussing something. When I read your articles on uh, Black Girl Nerds, I, I actually am impressed with your writing. 
And I often I'm like, wow, Joelle's very intellectual and she has a great point. And I love the way that you present this point. And it's even though I often find them too woke or too biased. And the reason I because sometimes it's too much, like maybe that's not the factor or not. I find your arguments extremely compelling. And by too woke, I mean, and I'll tell you an example. If I'm walking behind a, a woman and she clutches her purse and, and walks faster, too woke is when I assume she's doing it because I'm black. The truth is she might be doing it just because I'm a male. Mm. It wouldn't matter if I was white or black male or just because of my height and my stature, any male in the same position, she would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I often think that's interesting, right? If so, I think a woke person then says, but just because she didn't do it because you were black doesn't mean it doesn't have a negatively impact you as a black man. Sure. Sure. That's see what I mean? <laughs> the psychological now, I, I feel like an imposter right now. Right? <laughs> so that's what I mean. It's like the imposter syndrome was affecting me on a professional level. And it wasn't about race because actually in school, my race motivated me to be more successful. Because I was that kid in school. I was that kid who was in a bathrobe when everyone's in a suit. And I was sitting in the back of class. And only a couple teachers, like there were certain teachers that caught on. I actually had a show at Kennedy Center. And it actually really touched me that a couple of my professors came to my show at the Kennedy oh, Center. Oh, that's sweet. Like, and without telling me. I didn't even know. They bought tickets and came and watched. And then, you know. And one of the teachers called me Mr. Gaharsi. My last name's Von Gossery. But he would just But the fact that he came, he got it. Because they would ask Kelly and Katie and Brian and Tyler a question. And then they'd say, Mr. Gaharsi, do you agree? Knowing that they had given the wrong answer Mm -hmm. and knowing that I would have the right answer. But I would do it in such a slow roll, chill way that it would just really affect and hurt those students' hearts. He's such a cool head under pressure. Because I had, like I went to an all-white school until junior high and then the rest until high school the entire population of my neighborhood was less than one percent minorities it's all minorities uh asian black Mexican, it didn't matter less than one percent of the population uh and i remember in third it grade explains you're singing <laughs> yes no truly it does because i moved there uh, in first grade so in third grade they opened it so i have like an honors program or like a, it was a gifted program essentially and i started noticing like all of my friends had been invited to the gifted program but I, not I, I started noticing my brother, who's like the sweetest human being on the planet, always in trouble, always in trouble for something. And you start, like it weighs on you. Like by the time I got to sixth grade, it was like, well, clearly not as smart as the other kids didn't get into the gifted program. Got that. Uh, I could have told you that. I was in the gifted program. <laughs> I'm just saying, I almost got a perfect But I test, SAT but I test higher than a lot of those kids. Oh, I've okay. done more with my life than most of those Allegedly. kids. Uh, no, actually. So the, the reality is I understood discrimination long before I could identify openly what it was. It I knew was. subconsciously what was happening. And I understand exactly why students feel that imposter syndrome. Because once you start getting accolades, once I started, once I got to high school and I had freaking awesome teachers who were like, okay, well, you got to be in every English program. You got to be in the speech team, all this other stuff. And I started getting awards and stuff. It was like, oh, well... Am I doing it right? Like, are they just giving it to me because I'm the token black kid here? It sets in early and it stays for a long time. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that you had that happen to you because it's not fair, especially as a young person, to be able to internalize what's happening to you. Like, you felt discrimination before you even understood what discrimination was. Yeah, it's real. And, um, And this is what I mean when I say too woke. Is it because you were black or is it because you just weren't as smart as the other kids? See, that's the thing. I'm thinking it had nothing to do with the blackness. I'm just. You could go that route, but I'm positive it is. Here's how I know. One time I had a teacher write a recommendation note for me. Uh, It was for an out of country program. I was going to go study internationally. How much money did your parents have? Um, not all, I have a wealthy grandparent. Um, so they were, they were sending me to Australia and I needed a letter of recommendation. Uh, my mother is, uh, loving and caring and was like, I'm not sending my baby across the ocean. That scares me. So I never wanted turning my recommendation letter in. So I opened that bad boy up to see what was inside. What was inside essentially read, uh, Joelle's a good kid and she's a good student, but I feel that there are more deserving kids. I cannot explain why. But there are probably kids who deserve to go more. Didn't reveal that was me not something as a, a person. Wrote. That is ex- word for word what it was. I remember. You're kidding. No, and I remember. Did you tell your parent? Did you tell the school? No, this is the same. My Persian dad would have 
I don't want to say this, but let's just say whatever day that was, that would be the day. It'd be October 13th. Like, that would have been the day. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I've ever told my parents this story because uh, I was That's... hurt and embarrassed by it. And I internalized it like, oh, there probably Come were on. more kids Come on. in surfing. Yo. Yo, no, because you know what? That's some real. That's not okay. Like we're laughing, oh, but that's not okay. No, that's why uh, Miss Quinn. All of the evil teachers in my books are named after her. Miss Quinn. Miss Quinn. This is your tape. <laughs> if you guys don't know what this is your tape from, it's from the Netflix Thirteen Reasons Why. So I wouldn't make her a wow. tape. Wow. I mean, but it's interesting. It's just interesting that this is a concept, and I want to just say to all the students out there. You are where you deserve to be. And most often than not, the only imposter syndrome you should feel is when you're not where you actually deserve to be. Mm. So that's when you should feel the imposter syndrome. And I still deal with it all the time. Like I, I get and, and, and I get a lot of accolades and I get a lot of opportunities that I often feel that I don't deserve because there are people who've been doing what I do for a longer period of time. And they're actually, to me, better and funnier not more charming that's my but they're better and <laughs> so i feel like maybe they deserve it and then i'm getting it i'm getting that billboard i'm getting and i'm like i often feel that i mm. really do and sometimes it hinders me and i have to i have to physically and emotionally prepare myself to just do it like no Tehran, you deserve to be here i have to do this thing it was a scene in any given sunday where where um Bill Bellamy is looking, I forget his name in the movie, but he's looking at himself in the mirror. He's like, you're the best receiver. You're the best wide receiver in the world. Like, you you kind of have to do that. Like, There's a lot to be said for being cocky. And for those of you maybe afraid that you're currently facing imposter syndrome or living in racist, envi racist environments or where you're the only of you, uh, know that it's just going to make you twice as strong. Read backstories of anyone famous in Hollywood. They're othered their entire lives because, you know, that's what you have to be in order to get here. I don't the weird I see Sidney Portier just thinking he was better all the time. Like, hello, I'm Sidney Portier. But so did James Brown. I'm the best. Yeah, James Brown. That's why I rap. It gets and you, you know further. What? That's actually a thing I've always thought about rap music is, and I really listen to rap music. Like, I mm. really do. Not, like, all types of rap music. I love hip-hop. I listen to all types of music, actually. I just realized that I actually really know a lot of emo rock songs. I'm concerned, but okay. And what do you mean? Taking Back Sunday was the shit. I like, disagree I to, wholeheartedly. I love Taking Back Sunday. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, but here's the thing. I listen to a lot of music, but I listen to rap, and rap is a type of music that makes you feel very powerful, and I realize why it comes from the black community is because so often we feel so powerless. That's why maybe we uh, we honor and we we make these crime bosses infamous is mm. because they seem like someone who just took power, and because they just took power and were able to do things on their own terms, and we don't feel like often we do, we, we basically glamorize that. We glamorize it. And so it's interesting. And now with the more I read about imposter syndrome, which I think I suggest everyone should read up on it and just read about it. It's interesting to know. I feel like a lot of this comes to play. Comes to play. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll be able to all get over it as a community. Story number four. A new federal lawsuit claims that Georgia illegally gerrymandered two state house districts by moving minority voters out of the districts of two vulnerable uh, white Republican lawmakers. The suit filed Monday by the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law claims that the districts of Representatives Joy, uh, Joyce Chandler, uh, representative of Grayson, and Brian Strickland, representative of McDonough, uh, were redrawn in 2015 to increase the percentage of white voters to guarantee the election of white incumbents. Chris and Clark, president of the Lawyers Committee, said Monday. Yeah, this goes back to what we were talking about last week with uh, Electoral College. And while the idea of it is beautiful and uh, seeks to make sure everybody has an equal voice, the practical application of it as it currently is written leaves out a ton of people. So many people it makes the scales completely unbalanced and we're seeing it here. And they just removed from the uh, U.S. Supreme Court the, the voter protection rights and things that were there to stop this. It's just crazy. It's crazy that we have to go back. It's crazy that people are like, are, is this really happening? I, I don't believe it. It's the same thing with everyone needing to, all of a sudden you need a driver's license to vote. You know what's interesting about this? Hmm. I think in third and fourth grade, we learn about gerrymandering. Mm -hmm. And in third and fourth grade, I, I thought to myself, 
when in the hell am I going to use the word gerrymandering? <laughs> like, it's never going to be a thing. And here it is, a thing. Miss Johnson, you're a freaking genius. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is a thing. On the flip side, I just want to say to Miss Lanier, I've never had to use the Pythagorean theorem one freaking time. It's never come up. It's never been a thing. I actually don't see as many triangles in the world ever, you know? Just to let you know, Miss Lanier, you're still a stupid whore. But Miss Johnson, you're a genius. She was like, gerrymandering is going to be important to her. And I was like, why? When am I going to say gerrymandering? And here I am saying gerrymandering. Because at the time, it's reminded me of the word salamander. And I used to just think it was so funny. And it's not so funny in Georgia because that's where it's happening. And this isn't the first lawsuit. This is one of three lawsuits that are Jesus. ongoing right now. Not just in Georgia, but we see incidents like this in Texas and other parts of the Midwest. And just this is just craziness in the South. Gerrymandering has historically been a big problem in 1812. Mm. Obviously, uh, Louisiana had a big gerrymandering problem. Thank you, Miss Johnson, again. So now... We've seen this historically, and it's 2017, and this is another thing. Is like, how are we freaking dealing with this? Well, I mean, you see it when, uh, right after Jim Crow, all of a sudden, like, how do white people win these seats that have predominantly black people that they are allowed to vote now that we can't test them to make sure they're smart enough to vote? And the way to do that is to just rig the numbers. Great. Now there's no guesswork. It's done. Uh it's vile. By the way, we get mad at other countries when they do stuff like this all the time. Yeah, but we do it in other countries all the time. So, yeah, of course. You know, we're America. We just don't care. Just do whatever we want. We just do it. It's true. It's true. Um, I think it's refreshing, especially in Georgia, where there are so oh, many black people. And the idea that... Yeah, how does being, Atlanta not have a gay black mayor? I don't named know. Named Antoine. How is that not a thing? <laughs> Who leads his choir on like, Sunday? And his thing is, yes, we can. That should be his... Yes, Vote we can. You understand? Like, that is an overwhelming underrepresented population in Georgia. Mm-hmm. That is a thing, you know? Like, we need, to, we, we need to do better. We need to do better. We need to, with our LGBTQ community brothers and sisters as a whole, we all just need to work together. Honestly, a, a injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Agreed. And it... it- it's frustrating because then again, how if you can't use your vote, if your vote has been rigged and you cannot speak to your constituents that way, uh, I don't understand. Sit-ins? What is the next step? I, I'm not going to do anything that incites a riot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I hope... This is crazy. But you know what I appreciate? Mm. That there's a group of people, the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights under law, that have taken it upon themselves and took the first step forward and are fighting this. And this is when I say as a community, we can do better. We need to get behind these kind of programs more. Mm. Learn more about what's going on. Learn more about NAACP and the ACLU and all these fundamental organizations that protect our rights the most. Because... Don't tread on me should be the slogan of minority communities in the United States. And here's the here's the thing. I don't want this to sound like white people are bad. That is not what I'm saying at all. There are many amazing white people who are in the same boat or sometimes way worse than us because they don't not only do we assume they have white privilege, they don't have it and they don't get to use it. That's not true. If you're white, you have white privilege. Just own it. That's okay. You might be poor and you, know you might be poverty stricken and that can be there's class issues there. But sure. if you're white, you have white privilege. It's there okay. are parts in the world where they don't. And I'll tell you why. If I'm a white boy whose mom is a meth addict and dad is a crack addict and I live in the hood of Louisiana or the hood of Mississippi and black kids beat me up every day on top of everything going on and I'm also getting arrested. I don't get to use white privilege. At you all. actually do. My roommate is white, and she grew up in the ghettos the of crack. Louisiana. Okay, and her mother's not on. Crack. She's the outlier. Don't no, look no, at no, the no. Out- There's a Here's kid right I'm now. Saying. There's a kid right now. There's little little Craig is getting punched. Called white boy. She's not Shut the up, outlier. She's the definition of what you're talking about because she got made fun of too. Sure. On the way growing up, you will you will still and experience she, adversity and stuff. But you know what? If I came in, dressed her up, and you knew nothing about her backstory, she would still experience white privilege because people would. Just assume that she was cool. She would be passing. She would be fine. She would be passing. I watched the movie Queen like 14 times. 
She's just she's also passing. We have to understand that socioeconomically poor white people in this country and uh, the black people in the South, for example, have way more in common and should learn how to work together because the system is rigged against the poor. It just tries to make it seem like white poor people have it better off than black poor people. When honestly, as citizens of this country, we're all in the same boat. Tom Hanks did a sketch like this on SNL where it was like a, a black people quiz show and Keenan is hosting and yes. he comes out as like a country bumpkin kind of big guy. That. It was amazing. And I agree with you fully that we, we have more in common than we have not in common. But I also think it's ridiculous to say that you don't experience white privilege. You do. It's okay. I, I don't think white privilege doesn't exist. I'm just saying it doesn't it doesn't apply to everybody and white privilege isn't something that all white people are just like, well, I'm white, so my, oh, look at me, I'm just going to the bank today, and Most I'm just living a great life. Most white people are not aware of their white privilege. They walk around completely ignorant of it, but white privilege isn't how you react, it's how people react to you. Sure. So, yes, if you're poor, even if, you, and you're white, when you When you're will... poor and you're, and you're white trash, trust me, as a person with a foreign parent, my dad looks down on you too. Don't worry about it. But my, dad will love, my dad will take a black doctor over a white trash whore any day. <laughs> that's just a real... And this is a foreigner because that's unbiased. That is someone from a different group coming in and being like, ugh. Like, it right, just, but it's not because she's white. It's because she's poor. And that's what I'm saying is that there's intersectionalities of it. Sure. It's poor. Poorness. Be poor. It's like, yo, if she was a white doctor and and she, and she was a... I had a black doctor and a white doctor to choose from. And I'd be like... Which one makes the most money? <laughs> like, but you it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be able to tell just by looking at them, and that's my point. Uh, well, here's the thing. There's oftentimes you can tell a certain way by someone's dress and attitude. Absolutely. Sure. And you can get shamed for that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you might still experience white privilege. Sure, but I'm just saying, we always we sit there and point the finger at all the white people, and that's what causes a backlash. That's what makes white privilege even more privileged, is when we say, you have white privilege. And she's like, yo, I... I had nothing to do with all this. Or he's like, I don't know what's going on. Now we're starting a cycle of hate. When it doesn't hate. need to be. Okay, we can work together, problem. everybody. White privilege White, does not mean green, I hate black. you. It just means that if you were to walk in in the exact same outfit with the exact same credentials, you would probably experience a better outcome than I would. That's all if, it means. If the person who's outcoming is also white. But guess what, black community? If we go back to Tehran and Story number one, two, three, and four, as a community, we can do better. And if we do better and we take it upon ourselves and responsibility and obligate ourselves to be better, then we'll be the ones deciding outcomes for that's people. That's not true. White and people we'll have to let us in in order no, to be doing the same that's amount. The, that's the fallacy, is that white people need to let us in. That's so that not is the a fallacy. fallacy. That is a fallacy. We can stop. We can stop looking. This is what I... Look, this doesn't just happen to black people. This happens to foreigners. Foreign people often go, make it sound like the Western world is better. Like, we have to compare everything to Western music and Western life and Western lifestyle. You can just be yourselves. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. Everyone can be a strong community in their own way. Not, we don't have to wait. Look, if black communities just decided instead of, instead of like, uh, renting everything we do, we just buy the properties in our own communities. Never mind anyone else's community. Black rich people, stop leaving. Stop buying property in Beverly Hills. Let's go back to Baldwin Hills. Let's make entire sections of Compton Baldwin Hills. And we stay. We can decide that. We choose not to. We choose not to. We're but like, if a bank decides, okay, okay. But you know from history that consistently when black areas start to develop, white people start to move in. I was reading about this in Austin. Sure, if- and we don't have to let them. The same way they... People, there are groups of people with interests that don't let us, that say, hey, this is a white neighborhood. We're just not going to sell to black people. We can choose who we want to sell something to. Well, guess what? We're going to be like, we decide not to leave as black people. We can decide when right, we Right, but when leave. they start, okay, so in Austin, this happened in the, oh gosh, mid-60s. So then they just started dumping trash on people's property. They're like, screw you. Sure. Now all of a sudden we're not taking away your trash. We're closing your high school. So and now you I have nowhere to go to educate that. And people. And we've taken long and great strides since the 60s till today. And honestly, we're and looking yeah, we're around. we're still seeing this that same the thing. There's a giant exit. But that was the whole point this of the article is, the is that there's a giant exit in Austin of black men, of black people, excuse me, out of Austin right now. Because all of a sudden you have a lot of like rich white kids from L.A. moving down there because there's a lot of tech industry opportunities. And all of and um, the black people have been there for generations. Their neighborhoods are being cleared out. Their way they're tra- buying houses, doing nothing with them like sure. The lawns go overgrown so that the neighbor's house decreases in value. They're slowly taking, and then they build it back up. So, so I when you see your neighbors, and this is what I'm saying, if there's a move, we see, oh, this is happening. I'm gonna mow this guy's grass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the upkeep. They're, we're not gonna let this happen to us. 
we can physically not let this happen to us. There's Maybe. a lot of us. There's a lot. There's 40 million strong of us. Because I'll tell you one thing. Black people run jails. Right, but we can't. Okay, we run jails. When you go to the jails, black gangs run jails. Well, guess what? Let's pretend America is our prison, right? And we run this too. But we have to get most of the black men out of jail so that they can start running their communities. I don't want. I don't want those niggas out of jail. So listen. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa! Shots Yo, fired. Do I really want the dude who carjacked fifteen people and they were on my team? No, I'm we just saying we can be disproportionately better. black men are jailed for things they didn't even do. You're absolutely right, and I'm going to talk about another black male uh, who is a convict turned supermodel. Story number five: Model Jeremy Meeks was kicked out of the UK ahead of a model shoot this week. The story of Jeremy Meeks started in 2014 when Meeks was charged with federal gun felonies. And his mugshot was posted on the Stockton Police Department but he's black Facebook with blue site. Eyes. Come on now. The picture went viral, and so did Meek's fame, known as the blue-eyed bandit and hashtag jail bay. That's him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a picture of him in court. I mean, honestly, he's a good-looking guy. I remember when he mm-hmm. came out, and guys were like so heated because he was good-looking. Mm-hmm. And then he went to jail and came out to. This is one of the first like things that went viral back when being viral was a newer thing. Mm-hmm. It went super viral. It became an entire meme. It became a lot of uh, subjects of tweets and posts and Facebook. He left jail with a modeling contract. He did. He did leave jail with a modeling com- contract. Now, as a person who's also not allowed in certain countries because of alleged criminal activity in his past, I understand his frustration because that's... An interesting way, and, and you, as you kindly point out, is the majority of black men that are in jail, sometimes unfairly, right? Unfairly, and and honestly, for me, it wasn't unfair. Like, I'm actually lucky to be out. But <laughs> unfairly, unfa- I have no idea. I have no idea how I'm still free. So unfairly, unfairly, uh, what it is is black men are in jail, and overwhelmingly, it affects the black population. We also see a lot of entertainers who are not allowed in countries like myself, not allowed in Canada, and it's because of this. It's because of this exact same fact. So I understand. And and just to let the let the booth know, we we did we talked about our live read. We appreciate you. <laughs> uh, so wait, did, did they say why he got kicked out of the UK? Uh, it's because he's a felon. Because oh, just he, because he has a felony. Okay. Because he has a felony. Damn, that felony will catch you up every which way. You can't vote. You can't go to other countries. Can't get a job. You cannot. It's brutal. And they do that on purpose. Yeah, I know they do. To affect a certain. That's why. That's why I always find it interesting that marijuana all of a sudden became legalized in a lot of states, and then you don't see black people and Hispanic people. The same people who are going to jail for selling it now owning dispensaries. I know, like, how is that even statistically possible? Uh, because again, getting business loans can be harder when you're a person of color. A lot of times, you don't have the financial means to begin your startup. Money makes money. A lot of times, you you know. Growing, even though weed is legal, sometimes growing it isn't in order to get that license can be challenging. If you have felony, it can be hard to get it, especially if it was for selling weed previously. It's just bull. It is. It is. It is. There's an order. Oh, gosh, I wish I could remember their name. I'm sure if you Google them, there's I have a- perfect credit, though, for girls out there. I bet you that's better than jail bay all day. You know oh what I'm saying? Gosh. I'm just letting you know. There's an organization uh, with of black people helping uh, people of color start their own weed industries, their own grows and everything. So... Google them, check them out. I'll, I'll try to think of the name and maybe I'll drop it in the YouTube link because they're awesome. You're doing the Lord's work. And our last story, real quick, I threw this one only for you. Mm. In an interesting turn of events, the United Nations just elected Saudi Arabia into the Women's Rights Commission for 2018 through 2022 term. Many are seeing this as a mockery as both the combination of the United Nations and Saudi Arabia may be the biggest violators of women's rights on the planet. Uh, so, Saudi Arabia... Uh, uh, United United Nations Women's Rights Commission. Th- I do Thoughts? not read this news. This is uh, akin to Ivanka Trump saying that her father is a champion of women's rights at a women's an international women's rights conference. Uh, it's baloney and it's ridiculous. And the only uh, the United Nations is notorious for doing just effed up things. Like, oh, were your people raping uh, people in Africa? It's cool. We'll just cover that up. Don't worry about it. We're the United Nations. It's gonna be fine. Um, I don't remember that. I one. don't. Uh, yeah, no, the United Nations soldiers. I don't remember that one. Okay, you don't have to, but it existed. The United Nations told me not to remember (laughs) that one. If you say so. It happened, and it was awful. Well, this is happening in 2018. We'll see what happens. Women's right. So that's basically like, hey, you know who's going to be the chief of police? 
that guy who robs shit. <laughs> like that's gonna the murderer guy is gonna be our chief of police today. I, I, I'm hoping we'll that see, the we'll United Nations thought that by bringing in Saudi Arabia, they're like, well, maybe we can encourage them to make changes within their community. Hopefully. So I'm gonna lean on that. I will say this though: the women's rights in Saudi Arabia, which are very bad, aren't actually as bad as I thought they were once I learned more and met with people from Saudi Arabia. Uh, still bad though. Still pretty bad. <laughs> Just not as bad as I thought. Like, still bad. <laughs> really bad. It's like the priest molested the kid, but didn't make him have that group little kid orgy. Yeah, it's all still pretty bad. I think awful. that's an analogy. Yeah, still that's uh, pretty, pretty bad. There's... Pretty bad. Stop molesting kids. Guys, I am Tehran, literally at I am Tehran all across the board. Please find me on social media. Nate, Kanisha, we miss you. See you hopefully next week. Kanisha's out sick. Nate's out on tour. I'm going on tour. Find me at Mondays and Thursdays at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Fridays and Saturdays at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach. I am Tehran, the bathroom part throb today in a suit. Hey guys, I'm Joelle Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique and every week at blackgirlnerds.com. You can now also find me uh, Wednesdays with the Schmoes Nose guys talking nerdy stuff. Uh, I better not find out Schmoes Nose are Jews. I will be very upset at you. Well, deal with it. Um, also, uh, uh, go to blackgirlnerds.com. I've got the article for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and uh, my interview with W. Kamala Bellows coming out soon, so check it out. That's what's up. Make sure to check out WK this Sunday, April 30th at 10 o'clock on CNN. And we will be back next week. Headlines with Headliners. Write your comments down below. We'd love to hear from you. We're out. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christie, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us info at blackhollywoodlive.com like us on facebook tweet us or instagram us at bhl online and i am the official voice of black hollywood live sipia instagram at king bay thanks for tuning in the views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of bhl or its owners or principals